Welcome everybody to this GIGAM webinar, uh, Empowering Digital Transformation with Data Management. This is, will be a very interesting webinar because we will talk a lot about uh, um, the advantages of using data management to, uh, and the benefits uh, that uh, this brings to your digital transformation initiatives. I'm Enrico Signoretti, analyst for GIGAN. I'm uh, fully uncovering uh, data storage mostly, but also all the interactions between data storage and traditional data storage and cloud. Uh, with me today, we have Jonathan Kams, VP of Business Development at Aparavi. Hi, Jonathan. How are you today? Hey, well, it would better if I had a voice, um, but uh, doing good. And also, Vittorio Graves, Chief Marketing Officer, that probably will do most of the talking, right, Victoria? Yeah, good morning and good evening. Yes, uh, yes, I will. So I, um, uh, I'm the, the, the puppet that John is manipulating behind the scene to do the speaking for him, since he is, he is a bit under the weather. So between the two of us, we'll, we'll, get this, uh, we'll get this covered. And happy to be here. Yes, thank you. Thank you again for the time that you are dedicating to us. Today, uh, Aparavi is a startup uh, with a very interesting uh, uh, data management solution, and uh, we will also spend a few minutes talking about it at the end of the, of the session. So without any further ado, let's uh, uh, start uh, uh, with, a, um, with a webinar. Uh, the agenda is... Uh, divided in a few points. So we will talk about unstructured data as a liability at the beginning. Okay, so everybody has issues with uh, data and data storage in particular at the moment because they are storing, they are piling up huge amounts of data. So we will talk also how to transform data into an asset, uh, the process to make it happen, data management and digital transformation, as we said, we will have uh, uh, discussions around all these topics and how to um, face these challenges and a brief introduction about Aparavi at the end. Of course, we also have Q&A at the end. So prepare your questions. You have uh, a tab on your uh, GoToWebinar control panel on the right of your screen probably. Okay, just uh, uh, put your question in that tab and we will uh, pick them up at the, at the end of the session. Also, we will have uh, uh, three polls during uh, the, the session. I strongly invite you to respond to the poll so that that will be very helpful for us and for you to understand what is happening in the market about data management and how it uh, um, can be leveraged for, uh, for um, your initiative in your organization. So let's start uh, immediately with the first of our polls. What is the year-on-year -year data growth in your organization? And you can select one of the answers. So less than 10% year-on-year, between 10 and 40%, between 40 and 80%, more than 80%, or you don't know. Um, let's start collecting the, the answers. There is a pop-up window that probably uh, came out on your screen. So, uh, Vicky. What do you see in the market from your customers while we are waiting uh, our guests uh, uh, with their answers? 
Um, this is a this is a great question, Enrico, uh, and you know it does it does vary across organizations. But um, one of the interesting things that we we find is that uh, a number of organizations are not even certain. Like your you know your last point there, good question. I wish I knew. But in particular, we find that a lot of organizations, when it comes to their unstructured data, which is of course what we're really talking about here. Uh, on this webinar, they they really don't know. Um, but if uh, uh, some of the um, you know organizations such as yourself, the analysts in, that have looked into this in the industry su suggest that overall data management um, across the board is uh, well. Gee, I, I I hesitate to actually give any numbers while people are answering it, so I don't want to sway it. But unstructured data. Let me put it this way: unstructured data is growing at uh, a significantly faster, like close to two times as, as much as um, data overall. So that's, that's what's presenting so much of a challenge. Um, but, uh, and a lot of people, I think, need to actually take a look at, organizations need to take a look at this and understand it. Yes. In fact, uh, as you said, I totally agree with you. So most of the organization, you know, I would say traditional Enterprise organizations are all between 10 and 40 percent. Uh, in some verticals, we see a huge um, here and here growth, but it's mostly because they, they change the way they treat data, they change the amount of data they collect, or they have new processes that are creating much more data lately. And, ex uh, and uh, as you said, uh, it usually happens also that many organizations don't really know what is happening in their data stores. They know the amount of capacity they have, but they actually don't know uh, uh, how they are utilized. So let's uh, take a look at, at the answers then. They, they will be out uh, in a second. And uh, in fact, as we said, so in, uh, we can see that uh, uh, almost 50% are in this range between 10 and 80% with uh, 30% on the range of 10, 40%, and 20% and, uh, in the range of, uh, of the 40, 80%. But also, again, 33% uh, of our listeners don't really know where, um, how much data they are storing. This is incredible, okay? But, but it's still interesting. Let's move on with the presentation, so we will try to uh, help them to understand better how and uh, what to store and where. So, let's talk a little bit of the reality of data growth. Why, why it's so complicated dealing with data today? There are several aspects around data. Okay, some are really uh, about the fact that there are a lot of new things that are happening in the market. Meaning, for example, these are, of course, examples, okay? No, it's not that everybody has a, a, a jet and collects data about it, but actually in your industry is happening something, okay? Call it IoT, call it edge computing, call it whatever you want. You are collecting much more data than in the past. In most of the cases, we are talking about machine-generated data, okay? They are utilized for research, support, big data analytics, a lot of uh, um, applications that uh, are helping to uh, deliver new products, developing them, and maybe also 
you know, you're using it to, to analyze trends, find partners to, to, for support, for example, etc. So they are really, really industry related. And if you look at, you know, the, uh, the, the kind of retention, it really depends. Okay. If you're taking a genome map today, you don't want to delete it. Okay. But actually, if you're taking a, uh, if you're recording from your car, a video that is uh, maybe it's necessary for for that uh, you know drive maybe it's necessary for a few weeks but you don't record everything forever okay and uh, other things that are happening are happening again in our data centers okay so we have our log files we a small data center can create 50 gigabytes per week of logs that you have to scan to understand and so on and serverless cameras they, they are incredible. They are huge amount of them. Last week I was in Las Vegas. There were so many of them, and they take uh, pictures of you everywhere. Okay, and only one camera is 48 gigabyte per day. I mean, high definition. I mean, 30 frames per second, whatever. But it's a lot of data that you're storing, and even a laptop backup could be a huge amount of data. So if you start thinking about this, and you think again, these are Machine generated, but the purpose is totally different. Protection, security, compliance. So the, uh, things change dramatically here because for uh, surveillance camera could be important for legal reasons, could be important for security, could be important for any other aspect of your work, okay? As well as logs, they are all about security. You, you are scanning everything. You want to uh, collect uh, information for for understand what is happening in your data center. So we are in a, a little bit in the middle between business, infrastructure-related kind of information. Their attention is usually very short, okay? You don't take your uh, data center logs for 10 years, okay? It doesn't make any sense, but actually they are very useful in the short term. And then there is all your business documents, all the things that you create, and use for work, you share with your colleagues. Okay, we are talking about PDFs, PowerPoint slides, Word documents, whatever. Okay, they are smaller in size, but there are millions of them, especially in very large organizations. They are human generated, they are really related to your business. Okay, these are business critical documents. This is business critical data, and of course, they are uh, there for business needs. And some of them have infinite retention. Okay. And here, I'm not only talking about uh, the document you are creating uh, for a small project that, uh, you know, has a very short lifespan. Sometimes I, I talk also about uh, healthcare. Okay. So your uh, doctor is uh, prescribing you something. And for legal reasons, they have to keep that uh, prescription for, like, I don't know, 100 years. Okay. So something that is very long time. And uh, so, uh, Vicky, do you have something to add on this? What do, what's your opinion on, on all of this, uh, uh, you know, uh, I would say hell of data creation? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, well, I think, you know, you've identified not only that some of the traditional uh, points of, of data growth, like, you know, all those those business files and, and backup files and, and log files, but all the all the new data sources that are coming in from um, from machines and, and IoT that is causing this explosion. 
And we find that not only are, are we talking about a huge increase in, in you know, the uh, overall capacity that, uh, of the data, but the number of files, which uh, is its own set of complexity. So organizations are grappling um, not only with millions and millions of files, but some of them with billions of files. So we have organizations coming to us talking about, you know, several petabytes with billions of files that they've got to um, figure out what to do with, which of course is, is what we're talking about here. And then the other, the other piece I would add is that not all data is created equal. So understanding what you've got in order to intelligently manage it is, uh, is a critical part of that data management and digital transformation. Yes, yeah, so let's uh, start about uh, uh, why we think that if you don't manage it correctly, unstructured data is a liability. Okay, well, there are a few things, starting with organization policies. Okay, your organization uh, has policies about what we have to do with the data that is created uh, in the organization perimeter. That some, sometimes is very large. I mean, <laughs> including distributed, including mobile locations, okay. So, uh, many organizations now have a, has a, have a, a never delete kind of policy, okay, I mean, store anything, because we don't know if it's necessary or not. So, just to be sure that store everything. I don't know if you see this on uh, in the field, Vicky. Uh, oh, um Yes, and we were, you know, we, we, we talk about this a, a, a lot in, um, with, with our clients and with, with prospects about what their policies are for, for keeping data. And, you know, uh, um, the best practices are that data is, um, it is, is, under, is understood and, and they have policies around retention. Um, but a lot of organizations struggle with that because they, they don't have insight into their data. And uh, certainly the IT department doesn't want to be responsible for deleting something that could potentially be critical. So it, this, is, uh, this is an area that we find that organizations really struggle with. And, and so we, you know, we'll, we'll get into this, but we, we strive to make a tool that enables them to do uh, more easily manage whatever their policy is, whether it, it is to, you know, get rid of data over time or, in fact, um, keep all their data forever. Yes, and I clicked uh, already on the next point, demanding regulation. I always think about GDPR, but actually, uh, you know, regulation there are of several types. Finance regulation, there are uh, insurances, there are healthcare regulations. It's, you know, the, the, the world is crazy about privacy now. So, uh, you need to uh, to be compliant with a, a lot of things, and these rules change all uh, all the time. Okay, they are not uh, they do not remain the same. So this becomes another problem. So without understanding what you have in your systems, it becomes almost impossible to be compliant. Okay, and uh, I, I'm sure that you have something to add on this also. Well, one quick point. It's not just uh, about Europe anymore, right? California has instituted the California Data Privacy Act, which goes into effect in January, uh, and other, other states and the federal government have taken notice, and there's a, um, a number of initiatives around the U.S. to adopt very similar regulations. So, 
Um, it's critical for, for organizations to be able to know how they're going to comply because it looks pretty certain that this is the trend. Well, generally, generally is around the corner, actually. In, in Europe, yeah. we started talking about this like two years before the, the, the actual uh, uh, promulgation of, 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 the, of the law. So it's, uh, it's a very short time. And, and again, storage infrastructure. Okay. So the problem of building today a sustainable storage infrastructure. I mean, if you're starting with the first few points that we mentioned, and with the data growth of the previous um, slide, you mean that it's very difficult today, think about dollar per gigabyte, think about uh, uh, how you will sustain the scalability of this infrastructure, okay? So scale out, yes, cloud, I don't know, cloud is another thing that, uh, uh, I put another point about cloud, just because, yes, Theoretically, the dollar per gigabyte of a cloud store could be very, very low, but actually until you need the information back, so you start paying uh, egress fees in some cases, uh, you pay for the transactions, and so on. So that uh, if you need, uh, if you store something, especially if you archive something, because you don't, uh, uh, you think you will never access it again, and then for a... Uh, for any reason, you will need it back, you start paying money, okay? And if you need it frequently, you pay a lot of money. And uh, so the, these are, I think, two important aspects about, uh, you know, the, the infrastructure in general and the cost of infrastructure and sustainability. What do you think, uh, Vicky? Well, um, I, I think uh, this is something that organizations will uh, identify right away as something that they grapple with all, all the time. And... Uh, I, I, you know, it's so hard to predict what, uh, you know, t tomorrow's storage cost is, is going to be. It tends to, to go down, but new, um, architectures come in that, uh, that, that, that change the economics. And I think what's important is for organizations to be able to maintain nimbleness so that they can move their data, um, where it's most economically beneficial to be. Right, and and so that's a bit, a different way to think about it, rather than let me just get another box or just fire up more storage up in AWS and and try and forget about it. Yes, and consider that we always think about uh, that uh, uh, first question we had at the beginning, and uh, if your organization is storing uh, year on year forty to eighty percent more data than last year, your storage infrastructure is not. Uh, uh, your storage infrastructure's cost, I mean, is not shrink, shrinking that much. So that's that's a problem. And of course, there are traditional processes that don't work anymore. Okay, traditional backup in large repositories is difficult. Uh, again, uh, traditional archiving without knowing what are you storing in these archives, uh, dumb archives, okay, opposed to intelligent archives that we mention often and often here. So these are no longer the, the right way to, to think about these things. And traditional archive, just because we mentioned the dumb archive, is no longer enough, okay. There is too many constraints and limitations on these techniques that are uh, not helping. There are a few things, okay, so if we Look at all of this together, okay? You can also still go on tape, okay? But the moment you need an information, then you will need 
immediately. Uh, when I talk about this thing, I think about services like, for example, uh, Amazon Glacier. Okay, every every uh, public uh, cloud vendor today has a, a similar service. Okay, Glacier, uh, you store and you pay uh, as little as possible the the information you store there. But actually, when you need it, you you need, uh, you get it after hours. Okay, and for some of the workloads that we have, of some the information that we need, it, it is too much. Okay. And uh, maybe there is something I'm missing here. I don't know. Uh, I'm asking you if you see something different uh, in the field, uh, if your customer, if your customer uh, has different pains about, uh, you know, data today. Well, I, I, I think that with backup and archive, the, the legacy systems were designed with the idea that you would, you know, you'd run the processes uh, and hopefully never have to touch it again. It was an insurance policy, not um, a method to help you actively manage your data. And that's what's no longer working, right? That's the, pro that's the part that needs to change. Yes, indeed. So let's start with uh, uh, a new um, poll. And what is the major pain point regarding data storage in your organization? So, we started with, uh, uh, with this slide, uh, and we talked about uh, what we see. Okay, what's your position about that? So, demanding organization and business policies, regulation and compliance, infrastructure cost, lack of visibility in the files and counter, or maybe something else. So, let's start with, uh, with the poll, and uh, while we are waiting, uh, <coughs> to get uh, the results, uh, I can ask you guys if you have any uh, additional insight r regarding this. Um, well, and actually, I, 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 John and I were just talking about uh, some clients yesterday that are struggling with uh, with some of those. So, John, not to tap your voice too heavily, what can you share uh, some of the stories that we were talking about yesterday? Yeah, sure. Uh, hopefully, hopefully y'all can hear me okay. But uh, yeah, the the clients that that we're seeing, um, they're and then the ones we were talking about yesterday. <clears throat> really, it's it's this combination of uh, regulation and compliance along with the organization and and business policies. So they're looking at their data, and and really it is this kind of. Uh, especially the unstructured data, this opaque mass that of great visibility into, and so they've they've tapped into Operavi to to help um, not only look at you know, what's the data I have, where does it sit, and what type of you know compliance, whether that's external compliance and regulations or internal business policies, um, you know where does that sit, and where should it go. But also, it's, it's the the infrastructure cost. So, so really, the the top three items there seem to be where most of the organizations that are organically finding us are, are really falling into. Okay. So, so and let me just add real quickly, Enrico, because it's, it's interesting. I had somebody throw a term at me the other day because we, we we talk about this opaque you know hole of of data that you don't you don't know what is in there, and clients tell us that all the time. But um, uh, somebody said to me, oh, you know what the new term for that is, dark data. 
right? Because mm. its organization has has tons and tons of it, but they they just have no clue what's actually there. Yes, indeed. And so we we got uh, answers from uh, almost everybody. So maybe it's time to share the the result. And uh, just a couple of seconds. Here goes. So it's very very varied. I mean, uh, uh, for the, the most important points are infrastructure costs, regulation, and compliance. Okay, they these two take sixty percent in total. But actually. Uh, lack of visibility, as you said, comes immediately after. And demanding organization is just fourteen uh, percent, but actually it's still uh, something. So in in our uh, the most important thing is to solve infrastructure costs followed by regulations and lack of visibility. Let's go on with the with the slides and see what we can do to help uh, our listeners to solve this kind of problem. So how you can transform data from a liability to an asset, how you can reuse it. Okay, so there is a process that you can put in place, okay, using uh, tools in the market. Uh, the first thing that you have to do is data discovery and collection. I mean, depending on the tools that you will adopt, you have to understand what you have. So we talked since the beginning, so it's very, very important, okay, to crawl in your servers, uh, crawl in your storage, or use a uh, uh, agents or backup system or whatever. So collect everything that you can. Catalog and index everything and do analysis and actions on top of it. Okay. This will add, for example, something that is very, very simple but tremendously useful. Okay. Search. Okay. So, uh, in the moment you catalog and index uh, your, your data, you can start searching it. Okay. And of course, if you can do an analysis, the first actions uh, that you can do uh, is uh, information lifecycle management. Okay, you can really understand what is old, what is not. If you, you are still storing data of uh, you know people that left the company, for example, or any other things like that, and uh, and of course by applying the uh, the rules. So actions also means applying the rules that you define. Mean you can be compliant with the regulations, and so on. And then again, you can start this process again, again, and again. But, of course, when I talk about actions, there are many more things that, uh, uh, that could happen. For example, you can, uh, with, a, with a specific uh, search of patterns, of trends, you can understand uh, a lot of things about security. Just a small thing. If you start to notice that you have uh, storage repositories and files are changing very quickly in a matter of days. Maybe there is something wrong. Or if somebody is downloading tons of files and usually they don't do it, then there is some, somebody that's stealing your data. Okay, so you can, you can do something about it. Or even more, okay, once you understood what's in your data, okay, you start to, to, to augment it. I mean, you can add tags on top of it. Okay, and adding tag on your files, for example, opens another uh, realm of uh, possibilities. You can do advanced security management, but also, okay, you can prepare data for your big data analytics, okay, because you have the tags, you, you can create views of specific files with specific characteristics, or even 
more. The next step could be being ready. I'm not telling you you need to do it today, but actually machine learning and AI is easier and easier to adopt. You can uh, understand uh, much more of your data and use new techniques to take advantage of it. And uh, Victoria, uh, I was mentioning you yesterday. So just to give an example to our audience, that I was with an IT manager of a very large uh, law firm. In, uh, they have offices all around the world. We are talking about 8,000 uh, lawyers. Okay? And at the end of the day, it comes out that uh, you know, they, they, uh, they have uh, a lot of branches, of course. They do contracts, they do a lot of stuff. And uh, many times they replicate similar documents. Okay, for them, uh, the traditional mechanisms that they used uh, in the past just to, for each document, prepare the document, add a, a description of it, because you want to search, but you can't full index the entire document, and um, putting tags and so on, is a very, very cumbersome kind of process. Nobody's that it. He told me that. Okay, so it's too complicated. Also, to maintain it updated is complicated. And at the end of the day, it's very, very tough for them to search across all their knowledge base, across all of their contract base. Okay, and sometimes it would be easy to find all the documents in the U.S., you know, New York State for buildings, uh, you know, uh, that, that are more than 20 million, because. The same legislation, the same kind of control can be applied for other things, okay? And they can do that. And uh, this is just in the search thing. But think about uh, uh, applying machine learning means that you potentially can do things like uh, uh, train a, a neural network and understand if your documents are perfectly formatted, okay? So without risking. Uh, low suite, return risking error, mistakes, and so on. Okay. What do you think about all this picture, uh, Vicky? Well, I, I think that um, you know we were talking in the in the previous poll about how um, people are are say more concerned about uh, compliance than the visibility into their files, but in fact, it's the visibility into their files that can provide the compliance, and then. Um, you know, set an organization up for, uh, as you talk about, uh, potentially reusing the data. But um, the, the first, th these things are not mutually exclusive, right? It's one one step leads into into the next, as you're talking about. So once you can have visibility and understand what's in there now, you have the ability to do some real fundamental um, uh, uh, assets for your for your company. Uh, in terms of um, adhering to compliance regulations and business policies, uh, and then potentially longer term, find a way to reuse that data for um, you know, business transformation and, and augmentation. Right, right. And, of course, uh, there is even more to that. In fact, uh, um, so if we, if we start to uh, look at all the points, okay, uh, Starting with organization-wide search and data reuse is a, a, probably the first step. It's the easier uh, to, um, to implement for the end user with the raw tools. I, I mean, uh, it's not easy per se, but actually, once you have this kind of tools in place, 
giving your users the, uh, the ability to search everything in your organization is powerful. Okay, we are talking about a Google-like experience through your data. Okay, so uh, I think that, uh, Victoria, this is one of the first uh, features that your, uh, your customer love, right? Yeah, we, uh, we launched this ability earlier this year, and we'll, of course, talk more about it when we get to, to talking about the Aparavi architecture, but it's a foundational capability uh, for, for really managing your data. You've got to be able to understand what's there. And, and of course, as I mentioned in the previous slides, security and risk management. Okay, you understand your data. You understand what's in the, in the files. So you can understand if you are doing it correctly. Okay, uh, the risk management. Just uh, think about if you can analyze all your file and understand uh, if you are storing uh, credit card numbers in clear, okay, not encrypted, okay, that, this is powerful, especially now, you don't want that anybody steals this kind of information, so uh, you want an alarm set somewhere that say, oh, we are uh, an Excel file with 20,000 of our customers' store, uh, and names and uh, credit card information, maybe, maybe it's not really well protected, so you want to know this information, okay, and, and I'm not even talking about ransomware, I'm not even talking about all the rest. Okay, e-discovery. Okay, everybody uh, for any legal reason. Okay, you can. Uh, sometimes you need to crawl across all your um, storage repositories, find information that are necessary, and you need to need uh, uh, to get them. Uh, you need to hold them for a long time, okay? You need a tool that uh, can manage all the, these things. And of course, compliance and data governance. But I didn't put compliance, I put adaptable compliance. Because as we talked at the beginning, okay, in January, uh, in the US, you will have uh, something that is really similar to GDPR, okay? So you have to run and set up policies to be compliant. But actually, this is version uh, one, in two, three, four years, they are already, for example, here in Europe, they are already talking about GDPR 2. What will happen? So, uh, you need a mechanism that is very, very flexible and, uh, and, and very, very efficient to modify the rules when it's necessary. Okay. And, and of course, all of this, okay, knowing the files, knowing if you really need them, uh, where the, their value and so on means that you can build tiers, you can build something that is more sustainable than uh, what you are doing today. Okay, and I think there is much more on that, but actually I, I just touched the first four or five points. I don't know, Vicky, if you have uh, more to add on this. Well, I think we're going to be adding a little bit more um, in, uh, you know, in the in the coming discussion. Um, tapping back to your previous slide about uh, setting up your your data ultimately for reuse in a in a way that is meaningful to the to the company. So first first step is to just get a handle on it so you can meet um, business policies and regulations both from inside and outside the organization 
but long term, wouldn't it be beneficial to be able to actually tap uh, important data to learn more about your your business and to help to transform it? Yes, and we can also take a different perspective on data management. Okay, and there are several ways to think about it. Data management is very broad now. Sometimes it's also difficult because, you know, uh, many companies, many vendors are shifting their messaging and there are more data management companies in the past that were data storage company or they were data protection company. But actually all of these things are now included in the data management, in a broader, you know, concept. So there are some solutions that are really, really infrastructure focused, okay, and they are very beneficial. Maybe infrastructure DCO is the um, the goal, infrastructure total cost of ownership. So uh, this this solution usually work more on the container. I mean, on uh, not on the, on what's inside the file, okay, but in the file itself, if we are talking of, of unstructured data, of course. So, you, you can think about automatic tiering, information life cycle, or data copy management and analytics, okay. The moment we shift to features that are more high level, you need to know what's inside the content, okay. So, uh, to understand security, uh, risk, uh, uh, a discovery, you need to know what you're looking for. You need to know what's inside any single file, okay? And these are usually much more business-focused kind of applications, okay, where, where you, you really need uh, the information and not just uh, moving files around, for example. Um, I don't know, Victoria, but uh, as far as I can tell, uh, Upper Avi is more on the right uh, Kind of this uh, spectrum, right? Um, we are, uh, and we touch some of the, the areas on the on the left um, as as far as they pertain to helping you to better manage your storage infrastructure. But ultimately, yes, we're we're focused on the the data content and how to maximize it. Very good. So let's start about uh, digital transformation. Finally, this was the the very topic. Okay, how Data management can enable uh, digital transformation. Well, we already touched a lot of these points, okay? And when we give this kind of benefits, okay, we are already starting to tackle in, uh, uh, the, um, the digital transformation initiatives to, to empower them, okay? So, organization-wide search and data reuse, security and risk management, e-discovery, we already covered all of it, okay? Adaptable compliance and uh, helping to build a sustainable storage infrastructure. But here we come something that is really interesting, okay? Uh, giving legacy application, you know, uh, access, uh, sorry, giving APIs and, uh, and access interfaces to everything in your organization. So the right information is always available. No matter if you have a legacy application, no matter if you're developing something new, okay, you have all of the information available. And then there is this concept of making this data that was created. Maybe it was created in a file server, but you want to access it from a phone, you want to access it remotely, and so on. So uh, you are giving access to new application that can do that can reduce this information, okay? 
you can, as I said, create data set for machine learning and AI projects, okay, when it's, you know, again, it's a totally new thing. We talk a lot, we, we read a lot about machine learning. There are still not very companies adopting it in, uh, in the real world, okay? We are still at the very beginning, but everybody's interested because the potential is huge. So in the next few years, in the next couple of years, I would say, more and more, even small, medium enterprises will adopt more and more this kind of techniques, okay? And you can enable new processes, okay? So just the fact that you are uh, understanding what's in your data, if you're storing the wrong file, if you're storing the wrong information, you can set up alarms to understand what's wrong and, uh, and start a new process, maybe related to GDPR, maybe related to whatever it's needed, okay? So, and uh, of course, uh, everything is smoother and the quality of the service that you can give on your data and uh, of course from the applications is better. I don't know, I, I mentioned so many things in this slide, uh, and maybe, Vicky, uh, you have uh, still something to add. I, I remember that uh, some of your customers are doing great things about, uh, you know, around the APIs, around the uh, new application with the data management. Uh, yeah, yeah, and in fact, um, uh, that, that was... Uh, that was the company we were talking um, just recently about as well. And, and, and John, you were telling me this story. Um, I think it was Multicom. Have I, have I got that correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's a, that's the service provider who's implementing it for the end user. But uh, they, they actually use our platform level uh, to completely automate the entire processes of Operavi within their um, you know, thousands of users. So they use a combination of our API calls to integrate with their existing tools, as well as the fact that our entire platform can be driven in the command line level uh, to, to really offer a transparent service to their end users. Which is great. I mean, with a, uh, if you're using the command line interface and an API, probably is not even difficult for them to build so not for them, but for all organizations, uh, build application that, uh, that take advantage of this advantage of this kind of tools. So let's go uh, with another um, poll. What are the most interesting aspects of unstructured data management for you? Indexing and search, compliance and legal applications, infrastructure TCL reduction, reuse of data for new purposes, other. Okay, if you look at this, uh, also, you, you can uh, uh, select uh, all, uh, all the answers that apply. Maybe after this presentation, your answer will be a little bit different at, uh, at the beginning, because at the beginning we asked you what are your uh, problems, pains with, uh, with data management, with data storage. So maybe knowing the potential that you can have with data management tools, uh, like the, those that we are talking about in this section, uh, you, you will have a different opinion now. So let's start collecting. A few answers are already tricking in. I don't know. Um, Vicky, you, uh, you, you already mentioned one of your 
customers using data for new purposes, for new applications, okay? But, uh, I know that uh, index and searching is very popular, for, uh, for example. Any other of these that is uh, uh, interesting for, for your customers, usually? Uh, yes, and in fact, it, it parallels what some of um, the people were responding in the polls here. Um, we've had a number of organizations adopt us to help with um, compliance. And um, what's, what we find interesting in, in working with them is that they, they'll bring Operavi in to, to help with uh, whatever compliance regulations they're, work, they're, they're working on and, and having commitments around. Um, but uh, then, you know, when we introduced the, the indexing and search and, and classification, they're coming back to us to say, well, that's a whole new level of um, opportunity that we have with the data that we hadn't thought of. So, you know, this is, we've, we're finding that our clients are taking this in a multiple step process, that they might initially deploy the platform uh, for purposes of compliance or, or, or business regulations, but then find that because of its capabilities, it brings them into whole new considerations about what they might be able to, to do in the future. Oh, yes. I, I totally agree with you. So most of the end users, and I forgot to mention it uh, earlier, uh, thank you about that. So most of the end users adopt uh, these data management tools for one use case, and then they understand what they can do, and they start adopting it for more and more and more. And it's uh, uh, really interesting to see the evolution. When I meet them the first time, uh, and we talk about uh, this kind of issues, they start, uh, especially before the, the initial adoption, and then I met over time two, three times later in, in a couple of years, it's incredible. So they, their perspective, perspective changes drastically. Okay, so let's see the, the results from the, from the audience, but uh, as we said, probably we'll see uh, results all across the board. In fact, we have indexed search that is very, very important for 50% of, of our, of our, of course, in this case, we will have more than 100% because it's, was multiple answer, but actually reuse of data for new purposes is almost 70%. That's almost uh, uh, unexpected for me. I mean, usually I find index and search and compliance on top, but uh, I'm happy to see this change, okay, uh, with more uh, enterprises, more organizations looking for reusing their data. So it's, uh, it's fantastic. And uh, so let's go on with a, with a, with a short introduction about uh, Aparavi. Uh, so I will hand uh, over the micro to, microphone to you, Victoria, and uh, let's go. Great. Okay. Let's go. Let's just jump into the next slide so we talk a little bit about uh, Aparavi's architecture. Um, first, let me, let me comment that is, um, this is a software-only solution. That's one of the questions that we get frequently uh, because you see that software appliance there in the, in the middle. Um, but we deliver the, it as a software. There is uh, no, no hardware from Operavi. We also do, uh, while we do the data management function for all your unstructured data, uh, and enable you to move data to um, the cloud, one or, or more clouds, uh, or um, on-premises to any, any PATH or S3-compatible storage, we do not actually sell storage. So 
What Operavi does is it will um, go through all of your unstructured data and uh, organize it, create an index, uh, enable you to classify it um, with uh, any sort of uh, classification, you know, think legal, think confidential, um, personal information, etc. Uh, and then we will archive that data uh, to the destination of your of your choice, uh, be it any one of the clouds rep represented there, uh, as I said, on premises. And certainly there are still organizations that are cloud wary. Mm -hmm. um, although I will say for most organizations, they, they tend to have initiatives to move data to the cloud and we can um, very much help with that. Uh, and the um, Operavi was built um, you know, to be fundamentally to be uh, taking advantage of, of the of the cloud, uh, so it's not a bolt-on for us. Um, overall, data is managed through a single pane of glass with a management console that enables you to set policies for your data, uh, for for movement, and to query the um, the index. Uh, and finally, we make data accessible. Um, either through virtual SIFs or NFS mounts. Um, we have a REST API that uh, allows you to tap the data for reuse um, via analytics or other kinds of applications. And we also, uh, our data is stored in um, a format that is open and published. So no matter what happens anytime in, in the future, even if Operavi weren't around, because of that published data format, organizations will always be able to get back to their data. And that's a, a fundamental premise from Operavi is that the data is uh, is yours. It's not ours, it's yours. And so we'll always enable you to get to it in, uh, in any way. Um, so within this uh, whole arena here, we have that capability of classification that I mentioned. So uh, and it's super easy to add new classifications um, at, a, at a later point. Uh, and then uh, we have full content search. So Operavi enables you to um, easily and quickly search all of your data through the, the index, and it's both metadata and full content. So for example, when you think about GDPR or the California Data Privacy Act uh, and requirements around right to be forgotten, you need a way to be able to identify what data uh, is um, reflecting uh, personal information. So Operavi would al allows for the search safe on pattern matching if you were looking for all social security numbers. You can just use a, a search like um, three digits, dot, two digits, dot, four digits, uh, and Operavi will re return to you a list of all the files that contain that content. And very importantly, it will do that without bringing the data back down from the cloud. So just finding data uh, is quick, easy, and, and um, has no egress fees. It isn't until you find what you need and you specifically identify to retrieve it, uh, would it then be, be brought down um, back on premises. So it's highly efficient and cost effective. Uh, on top of its ability to deliver that uh, that full content search. Enrico, any any comments or questions for me on this? Well, no, I know that you support many more cloud providers that you mentioned uh, in the. Um, we do. We have, uh, and, uh, yeah, we have. 
like IBM Cloud, we've got or, or we've mentioned Oracle Cloud, we've got IBM Cloud, we've got a number of private cloud vendors like uh, Scality, Cloudian, Keringo, some of the other newer and, and um, upstart cloud public cloud vendors that are trying to take market share away from uh, from AWS and Azure would be Wasabi, Backblaze, and in fact, for anybody who's out there, if there's a cloud vendor of your of your choice that you don't see here that you would want Operavi to support, we have a quick and easy certification process that we go through, uh, and we're constantly adding new cloud destinations. Oh, very good. This is nice to know. So, and uh, yeah, and I actually uh, I want to jump in there. I, it's also important to note that we also support object stores out of the box. So even if you don't see someone on the list or someone who's certified, it we still support the creation of generic S3 object stores. So any of the cloud providers using the S3 API, Operavi will uh, support even if it's not on the certified list. Good point, John. Okay, let's let's go on to the, the next slide. So this this is um, what we enable organizations to do. They are, they can build an organized, intelligent, and accessible archive of their data. So it's not just this uh, you know static. Uh, I hope I never have to touch it again. Um, this will help organizations to create a battle-tested plan for adhering to not only ex existing but any new um, requirements that, that come down the road that we're not even aware of yet. Um, as we comment, have talked about, there's GDPR, there's the California Data Privacy Act, more is coming, what are you gonna do? Um, this will help organizations to understand how they can quick and easily meet those needs. Uh, not all data is created e equal. There's a lot of rot out there, uh, redundant, outdated, and trivial data that um, you know needs to be handled a, a appropriately, but um, why fill up your you know your your expensive storage with uh, with rot <laughs> um, when you can handle it more appropriately? And meanwhile, find the data that is of real critical importance for you, for you an organization um, for potential reuse, for historical reference, for you know meeting those. Um, regulatory requirements so you can have intelligence about what's in there. Uh, and then finally, the, the really critical piece for the future that um, forward-thinking organizations are, are, are starting to um, consider how they can do is tapping data for analysis and future use. And so if we can help you to not just organize your data but make it accessible, so that uh, that uh, machine learning, AI, just even understanding um, his history to know your future uh, is enabled. John, do you want to add any any comments on this? No, I think you nailed that. Great job, <laughs> Enrico. <laughs> okay, very good. So let's uh, skip to the uh, uh, last slide, meaning that uh, you are very well recognized uh, in the. Uh, from the industry. We, yep, we launched in May of, of 2018, and we've um, and, and enjoyed a lot of attention. It's been a, a terrific year, uh, and just a, a short quote down there: one of our our, our clients uh, who came in um, really from uh, looking at the uh, Operavi from compliance perspective, um, and then found that the the search and 
um, organization was really helpful. And uh, he just says without Bravi, you can more easily organize and manage vast amounts of data and more easily find specific data as needed. It's a real game changer. This is what oh, we find with our clients. So let's go into the Q&A section. So we have uh, plenty of uh, questions, but actually not a lot of time. So some of them will be answered online. I will uh, uh, prioritize uh, uh, the first that came in, so in a uh, first team, first out, kind of uh, uh, queue. So uh, let's start with, uh, you didn't talk about security access or auditing for this data management solution. Yeah, my fault. <laughs> uh, any uh, role-based uh, access mechanism in place, any way to see who is doing what. Okay, so in general terms, and then I will end over the microphone again to to, to Victoria and John, uh, in general terms, all these solutions are really, really focused on security. So, yes, uh, having a role-based access is fundamental, so you don't want to share your data with uh, people that uh, shouldn't uh, be able to see, edit, or copy it. And also, uh, most of the time, they are integrated also with Active Directories, these kind of tools, so uh, they reflect the organization uh, roles. And, uh, and the logging for all these solutions is pretty strict. You can have plenty of information on who is looking at the document, uh, when, uh, how many, and so on. So, yes, usually uh, my, my mistake not mentioning it, but I usually it uh, was not actually the focus of this webinar, but usually all of them have this. So, and um, I don't know. Uh, how Operavi implements this? Um, we agree with you that this is the, um, you know, it's important to be able to, to integrate like with Active Directory and, and LDAP and um, is one of the things that we're actually working on right now. Uh, so it's, uh, it, it is a critical um, uh, direction that, um, that we go in and recognize its need and I, I support that. How is Operavi licensed? And on the other side, Operavi does have uh, role-based access built into the platform. You actually can create user roles and responsibilities with limited access. Uh, Read-only is, is a possibility in that as well. So all of the data that's being ingested by Operavi is controlled through um, a uh, uh, more or less a super admin uh, that can distribute roles and responsibilities. And Operavi also encrypts all data and transmit it at rest. So security is, is paramount to us as well. Very good. So this is a question I can't answer. How is Operavi licensed? Ah, okay. Yeah, very good. So we've, we've got a couple different options. Um, the primary one that most of our clients are using is, is uh, Operavi was designed to be delivered software as a, as a service. Um, and so that is makes it very convenient for um, licensing the, the product on, on month of month or year to year, um, depending on how you want to structure it. Uh, but also we we offer it uh, on premises for those organizations that uh, would prefer to have a, 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 a like an essentially an enterprise license. And so we have uh, multiple options for for how organizations can do this. Which kind of files are supported by this type of solution? And of course, uh, 
uh, in general terms, again, uh, you can think about uh, any type of files, depending on the, on the solution and how it uh, treats data. There are several features that can be uh, enabled or not, uh, or not, like if you're storing uh, movie files, it's hard to find a uh, full text search in, uh, in that, of course. But, uh, but uh, of course, the tagging and all the other features <coughs> are always available, and maybe there are other options in this, uh, in this tool that can help you to manage these files. Uh, do you have uh, uh, also an answer for this? Right, uh, and, and right? you're exactly right, Enrico. So we, we can handle any kind of uh, file unstructured data, um, so anything you know, not, in a, not in a database, but um, uh, how much intelligence you can have, and it varies depending on the type of file. And we're continuing to add support insight into into more files uh, file types as we go along. So, uh, like of course, a real fundamental one is all Office documents, right? All standard uh, kind. So not not just Microsoft Office, but all your typical Office documents of any format and PDFs, you know, on and on. Those are um, fully supported and uh, supported with full content search and everything. As you noted, a, you know, a movie file, hard, hard to do full content search on this. We can still uh, have uh, all the metadata around it and the management around that. Um, so this is one of the ones that if somebody has uh, some particular kind of um, files that they're looking, they should just keep checking back with us um, on whether or not we support it because we're continuing to add support for new, new file types. Okay, uh, and another question is, uh, are there preset classification excluder? And if so, what are they? I mean, probably they are asking if there are rules and uh, policies already in place to classify your data. Yeah, and well, and one of the things that we've done is we've made it super easy for clients to add um, classification rules. So it's just a couple of clicks to um, uh, to, to add um, a new tag that you can uh, then apply to to your files, um, and uh, uh, that's a that's a super simple process. So so uh, it allows for the greatest amount of flexibility um, when they're deploying Upravi for organizations to implement business pol policies that are unique to their situation. So we focused on on doing that. Okay, uh, uh, we already passed the hour, and uh, but there are so many other questions. Uh, uh, to our listeners, I want uh, uh, to assure you that uh, um, Gideon will pass all the uh, questions to the Aparavi team, and they will uh, answer them offline. Some of them are really interesting, actually. And uh, <coughs> uh, to wrap up the, this webinar, just give our listeners a couple of links. So you can find me on... Uh, uh, Gigom website. This is the easiest way to find me, and from there you can find my Twitter handle and everything else. I suggest this way because my Twitter handle is my surname, and sometimes people, uh, especially in the U.S., it's difficult to 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 spell it correctly uh, because it's an Italian name. And uh, uh, so uh, let's check on the Gigom website. For, uh, for the recording of this webinar, as well as my write-ups, including uh, one specifically uh, around data management, where I talk extensively about data management techniques and uh, advantages of data management. About Aparavi, 
Victoria, can you give us uh, your website, Twitter handles, and where you can find uh, on other channels, if any? Yeah, please visit www.operavi.com and um, follow us on, on social media down at the, the bottom of the website. You can just click on it and follow. But if you're interested, if you're on Twitter right now and want to check us out, go to at Operavi Software. We're also on Instagram, by the way. Yeah, that's great. I, I'm on Instagram too, but mostly for gelato pictures, so I don't, <laughs> I don't usually share it for professional. Uh, things. Okay, so thank you very much again for your time, guys, and thank you for all, to all our listeners, and uh, uh, stay, uh, stay with us for other webinars uh, and uh, other communication for Gigan. Bye-bye. Bye, thanks, Enrico. Bye, everybody.